Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. We look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, I just want to establish what I'm saying here from Scripture. I had notes, but I'm just really kind of letting the Holy Spirit lead us here. Uh, I want you to see that, you know, somebody says, Alex, how do I know what God is like? The answer, look to Jesus. You see, nobody else on the face of this planet can give you an accurate picture of God except Jesus. Unless you look to Jesus, man, your idea of God is going to get twisted. You see, Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one. You're not going to get a clear picture of who God is from Mohammed. Okay, it's not going to happen that way. You're not going to get a clear picture of who God is through Buddha. It's just not going to happen that way, guys. Is he? Uh, he says, Alex, how can you say that? Well, friend, I'm, I'm here to be spiritually correct, not politically correct. You see, I'd rather be spiritually correct because that's my responsibility. You know, I got news for you guys. I'm not a politician. <laughs> you know, uh, and so what I got to tell you is that the only way, man, that you can get a clear picture of who God is, is through Jesus. Look at this here. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, speaking of Jesus, says, who being the brightness of his glory. So Jesus is the brightness of the Father's glory. And he says he's the express image of his person. That means Jesus is an exact image of who God is. Jesus is actually the exact uh, perfect expression of who God is. And he says he's upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so Jesus is the perfect expression of who God is. The law of Moses is not the perfect expression of God. Now, the law of Moses was not incorrect. Please understand me. I'm not, you know, preaching against the Old Testament. No, no, man. The law of Moses is perfect is a, for what it was designed to do. Uh, but the law of Moses is, is not incorrect. It is incomplete. You see, and so you really need the grace and truth that came with Jesus in order to understand who God is. Are you catching me? Okay, well, now let's look at uh, John chapter 8. Amen? John chapter 8, I got like 15 minutes left here. All right, let's do this. Uh, The gift of condemnation. This is the second way to know God from the heart. Now, the first way, uh, you know, and obviously I'll be preaching more on this, so just stick with us. You know, don't let Easter be the only time you're hearing the word of God. Um, you know, and stick with us, get the entire series. The first way of cultivating heart knowledge of God is to live a life of practicing His presence through meditating His Word. Uh, and last week I talked about eight benefits that come as a result of that. You can get the audio of that teaching or you can find the video on YouTube or on the website as well. Uh, that's the first way. Now the second way to cultivate heart knowledge of God. Guys, the second way to go from having head knowledge to having heart knowledge is understand and receive the gift of no condemnation. Understand and receive God's not condemning you. I don't care what you're into, friend. 
God's not condemning you. You know, I don't care, man, if you're someone who's struggling with your, with your sexual identity. God's not condemning you. God's not condemning you. But what he needs is he needs you to put your faith in him. He needs you to stop running from him. You know, stop believing what, you know, you know, Reverend so-and-so said, you know, uh, unless you get rid of this sin, you're going to go straight to hell. No. You know, anytime a guy preaches that, it's like, it's like he's saying, well, what Jesus has done really didn't do anything. You know, it's like, it's like anytime a guy says, you know, if you don't clean up your life, you're going to go to hell. Well, what did Jesus die on the cross for then? Has he? No, Jesus died on the cross because he loves you. And so no matter what you're struggling with, man, you're struggling with your sexual identity, don't run from God. Run to God. Let Jesus into your heart. Put your trust in Jesus. He's going to help you, man. He's going to help you to break free from those strongholds. He's going to help you to break free from, uh, from, from, from that bondage. And he's going to teach you who he's created you to be. You see? He's going to show you who you are. Knowing God from the heart is going to reveal who you are in him. Who you are in him. Go to Jesus, amen. Come to him. Now look at this, uh, John chapter 8. This is an example now of the gift of no condemnation. Now remember, Jesus came into the world really to show us who the Father is, uh, to give us a clear picture of the Father. Jesus says in another place in the Gospel of John, he said to Philip, thou hast seen me, thou hast seen the Father. He says in John, I believe it's chapter 5, he says, uh, I only do what I see my Father do. Okay, and so whatever Jesus is doing, is what the Father is doing. Now, I need you to, to remember that as, as we read this. Now, look at this. John chapter 8, uh, starting at verse 1, says this. He, it says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And verse 2, uh, and, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them. Praise God. Verse 3, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, verse 4, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. <laughs> in the very act. Good Lord. Uh, verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now, let's hold on. Now, they say that this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. And so that begs the question, well, was she just committing adultery all by herself? You know, guys, uh, if she was caught in the very act, you know, let's see, it takes two to, to do adultery. You know, it takes two people. Yeah, I think it does. Um, you know, so, so my question is, where's the guy? Uh, is he? And so here's these religious Pharisees, you know, caught up in their self-righteousness, uh, trying to accuse Jesus. And, and, and they're so prejudiced and so deceived and so blind, uh, you know, that they're going to bring the woman, but not the guy. I mean, you know, they, they caught them both, obviously. But so they let the guy go for whatever reason. And they bring the woman to Jesus and say, the law requires her to be stoned. But what, what says thou, you know, guys, I mean, come on. 
Do you see how wicked that is? Uh, I'm just saying, you know, uh, because, you know, the law, true, the law would require them to be stoned, but it would require them both to be stoned, not just the woman. And I want you to catch this. Now, now, see, here, here these dudes come. <laughs> here these, these, these dudes come, okay. And, and they say, okay, now here's this woman caught in adultery. Uh, you know, the law says she should be stoned. What do you say? And so here they're trying to trip him up. Um, and, and, and verse 6, verse 6 says, This they said, uh, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Well, watch this, guys. But Jesus, uh, but Jesus uh, stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Now somebody says, what was he writing? The truth is, guys, we don't know what he was writing. But man, here they are talking to the very God who actually gave the law, trying to trip up the one who actually gave them the law. <laughs> Could it be that he was writing on the ground a new commandment I give unto you? A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. You see, the law was given, as I said, to just show you your need for a Savior. It's like, okay, if you want to be right with God through your performance, okay, this is what you got to do. And so the law had some pretty tough stuff in it, you know, because anytime somebody would, uh, you know, fail to perform perfectly under the law, well, you know, uh, you know, then, then that would require punishment because that's just what the law was. You know, the law is an impossible standard. It's a perfect God giving a perfect law to imperfect man to show to imperfect man that imperfect man can never perform enough to be right with a perfect God. You see, it took Jesus to come into the world. And so, and so maybe he was writing the new law. Who knows? But verse 7, he says, And so when they continued asking him, he lift up himself and said unto them, I love this. He said, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone on her. And so Jesus is saying, you know, guys, you're right. You're right. You know, that's, that's what the law says. The law uh, does actually require her, uh, you know, to be stoned. But guys, uh, okay, so, you know, whoever's perfect among you, since you're the one uh, setting her aside for her sin, that means you guys must be perfect. Uh, and so, you know, the guy who's perfect among you, let him cast the first stone. <laughs> yeah. And so what happened as a result, verse 8, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, verse 9, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. Being convicted by their own conscience. And so in other words, they all knew deep down that they weren't living up to the standard of the law. You know, because I got news for you guys. There's not one person in the world who could keep the law other than Jesus. The only man who was, ever, who was able to perfectly perform under that law is Jesus. And so if your name ain't Jesus, then you are not capable of performing under the law. You see? And so they knew it. And so they were convicted by their own conscience. They went out one, they went out one by one. I love this beginning at the eldest, you know, because the oldest had the most, uh, you know, they, they had the most sin, you know, because they've been living for a longer time. So they had some more sin going on. And so they, they went out first and even unto the last, <laughs> praise God. And, and finally, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And watch this now. Verse 10. When Jesus had lift up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? 
hath no man condemned thee. Hath no man condemned thee. Now she said, in verse 11, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, and remember Jesus is showing us what the Father's like. He's the exact image of the Father, amen. It's Jesus, the, the perfect picture of the Father, says unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Now go and sin no more. He says, I don't condemn you either. You see, Jesus was really the only one who had the right legally to actually go ahead and, and, and cast a stone at her. You see, Jesus could have justly legally uh, held her accountable for, for her sin. But here's the heart of our God, guys. He said, yeah, I, I could punish you now. And, you know, I could take the stone and cast it, cast it on you because, you know, it's true that would be just, that would be the just punishment for your sin. But, you know, the truth is, I came into the world to, 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 to take that punishment in my own body, you see. <laughs> and so rather than me casting a stone on you, uh, what, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to go in a little bit, I'm going to go to the cross and, 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 and on the cross, I'm going to deal with your sin. I'm going to deal with, with the punishment that your sin requires. I'm going to take that all in my own body on the cross and, and I'm going to die and I'm going to raise back to life on the third day. And, 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 so, and so because I'm going to do all of that because I love you so much that I'm not going to condemn you. Instead, I just take your condemnation uh, and, 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 and take the condemnation to the, to, to the cross and to the grave, praise God, you see, because I love you so much. Jesus was able now to look at this woman and say, I don't condemn you either. And now that you've received the gift of, con of no condemnation, now go and sin no more. You see, the law actually keeps you in a, in, in, in a sin-guilt cycle. You see, there's a condemnation that comes from the law that will block transformation from happening in your life that's going to block you from being able to truly perceive God uh, that condemnation from the law is going to block you uh, from from receiving what he has for you guys you know the reason some people are opposed to prosperity and they think you you know we ought to we shouldn't be believing God for for financial prosperity is because they're condemned you see that condemnation blocks you from being able to even see what the scripture teaches on prosperity you see condemnation is a veil of spiritual blindness it creates a veil of spiritual blindness that that prevents you from able from being able to truly see Jesus that let those who have eyes to see see you see and so that veil of condemnation has to be removed when that veil is gone. Now that sin-guilt cycle is broken, now you got the freedom to no longer sin. <laughs> as long as you're trying to perform under the law, you stay in the sin-guilt cycle because any time now under the law that you fall short, condemnation is going to come. And what did I say earlier, guys? Satan needs condemnation in order to keep you in sin. Satan needs condemnation in order to lead you astray. You see, once you take condemnation away, he has absolutely nothing on you. And so why did Jesus come? Jesus came, guys, to give us the gift of no condemnation. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Now, now you're capable of going and sinning no more. You see, there's a basic need in the heart of every human being. That need is for you to be right with God. Uh, I want you to know, even if you're an atheist, you know, and you know, you, you claim you don't believe in God, you know, that's first of all not true. There's no such thing as atheists, because the Bible says everybody already has the knowledge of God in their hearts. You see, and so God's already revealed uh, to you 
subconsciously you already know that there is a God, you know, guys, you know, atheists are a funny thing. You know, atheists spend a whole lot of time uh, being upset and angry at this God that they claim they don't believe in. Uh, you know, man, if you don't believe in God, just, just let it be. Just don't believe. You know, why do you got to keep, uh, you know, attacking him and, and criticizing him? You know, well, it's because atheism, guys, is actually something that comes from a sense of condemnation. You feel condemned. You think God is condemning you. And so what that condemnation does, it creates a subconscious defense mechanism that blinds you to the truth. And so atheism is just the extreme of that. Where you where you where you're so afraid of this God who you think is condemning you that you've convinced yourself you've deceived yourself into thinking that there is no God. You say, well, that's impossible. You know, did the universe just whoop and all of a sudden there was a universe? No, you know, that's not how it works. You see, and, and, and so even just common sense tells you, you know, that this universe must have come from somewhere. You see, and so atheism is just the extreme that comes from the spiritual blindness, which comes from condemnation. Jesus came to remove that condemnation. Jesus came to take that condemnation away, is he? And so, and so the moment you look to him, the veil is lifted. Look at this here, verse 12. I want you to see verse 12. Verse 12 says, Then Jesus, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Now guys, we've all heard that. Jesus is the light of the world. We're the light of the world. Now today I want you to see in context, the light of the world is the light that unveils the true nature of God to the world. All darkness in the world is the absence of the knowledge of God. All darkness in the world is people not knowing God or having a skewed perception of who God is. The light of the world is the light that unveils who the Father is. You see, because you gotta again take the scripture in context, you know, a lot of people take verse 12 out of context, but man, it says then, and so right after he gave the woman uh, here caught in adultery the gift of no condemnation, then, meaning in, in, in reference to what he was just doing, verse 12 is Jesus explaining what he was just doing, and he says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. <laughs> you see? And so he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The darkness is the darkness of not knowing God, or the darkness of having a false perception of who He is, thinking He's condemning you, judging you. The light of the world is Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. When you see Him, that veil of spiritual blindness is lifted. That's what the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 3. Uh, we'll get to that. Perhaps next week I'll teach on that. <laughs> Praise God. And so just keep tuning in, amen. Uh, because that veil of blindness comes from condemnation. When you look to Jesus, you believe on Jesus, that veil is lifted. Amen. He takes away the condemnation. You can be in right relationship with him. You now have the ability uh, to live right. Look at Colossians 2, 14 and 15 in the New Living Translation. I'm going to have to end here because we're out of time. But I want you to see this. I want you to see Colossians 2, 14 and 15 in the New Living Translation. Uh, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Um, you see, the radical truth is, guys, that Satan does not need to try to get a person to sin. All that Satan needs to do is to try to get you to keep the law. The reason you'll keep the law is because you think God is condemning you 
and God needs you to perform in a certain way for you to be right with him. Satan is, the, is, is called the accuser of the brethren, and so he needs condemnation in order to have any kind of power. When you take away condemnation, man, Satan has no power in the life of a Christian who, ha who is free from condemnation. And I want you to see this here in Colossians 2, 14 and 15. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. He says this. This is talking about what Jesus did on the cross. And he says, on the cross, he canceled the record of the charges against us. The charges against you, that's your sin, that's where you fell short. Simply put, that's the law. He's talking about the law. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away, meaning the law, by nailing it, the law, to the cross. Jesus nailed the law to the cross. Praise God. Verse 15 says, in this way, everybody say, in this way, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. That's Satan. That's his host of wickedness. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. And so Satan is disarmed because Jesus nailed the condemnation from the law to the cross. Praise God. And he says he shamed them publicly. <laughs> you know, Satan is ashamed because of what happened on the cross, because on the cross is where he was stripped from all power and authority. And so he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Praise God. Praise God. I want to read it in the um, Amplified real quick here. And then we'll close with this. Amplified Colossians 2, uh, 14 and 15 says this. Uh, he says in verse 14, Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, bond with its legal decrees, and demands, guys, sounds to me like the law, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. You see, the law was against us. It was really just to bring us to an end of ourselves. He says, this note with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside, and he cleared it completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. Praise God. Verse 15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us, and he made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them in him, in it, the cross, and in it, the cross. And so why do we celebrate the resurrection? Because Jesus on the cross nailed away the condemnation that came from the law. He took your condemnation to the grave. And when he rose on that third day, man, you now believing in him, now, man, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world, by you believing on him, What's true about him becomes true about you. He's become your righteousness, your wisdom, your sanctification, your redemption. And man, now he's on the inside of you, teaching you how to live right. And so he's saying, stop trying to sweat and perform. Look to me. Walk in intimate fellowship with me. 
guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. And I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.